welcome back to the Hillbilly and the Hipster. I am the aforementioned Hillbilly, coming to you from Western Kentucky, um, living my best life. I am two weeks away from starting a new job, well, less than two weeks away from starting a new job, so life's coming up quick, and I am joined by my good friend, the, the hipster of the group, Mr. Chad McCool. How you doing this week, Andy? You know, I am... Living, living the that dream. life <laughs> week two of school so me and cedar are just cedar is my dog uh just chilling at the house doing my my house husband duties uh until i get ready for work so yeah what so um are you looking forward to that getting a new job new life there in, in western kentucky it's a whole you know, new I, start i am i have never not had a job since i was 15 I've oh. always had some sort of job, sometimes two, um, depending on what was going on uh, in that stage of my life. But I have always had a job and then uh, leaving Terre Haute and resigning from the church, coming down here because of my wife's job. Uh, and I had nothing lined up. It was nerve wracking. Chad, you know, you heard me gripe and whine for many a nights uh, that I had no clue what was going to happen. And so uh, this job was offered to me. I don't know, middle of July for me to start September 1st. So I just, you know, it's been the longest month and a half ever. Isn't it hard to believe it's September already, though? Seems like the summer's the summer's gone by super fast. This is our fourth episode of this endeavor. Turner's excited that it's almost September. So he has got it down to the minute of when his birthday is. <laughs> Ridiculous. Dude. Mm. sorry i was taking a drink and then i had a thought so we went to dinner last night um because i forgot to buy milk grocery shopping um and i needed milk to make dinner last night so we just went out uh, but next to the restaurant we went there was you remember the show big bang theory yes remember the comic book store they would always go to mm -hmm. so we have this thing called big bang comic books or whatever big bang something but it's like the comic book shop does it look like it inside? Uh, yes and no. Um, it's a little bigger. So, it, but it's got rows of comic, but like toys from when I was a kid. Yeah. So I almost walked out last night with a Jordy LaForge action figure. <laughs> so I got to ask you, was this your first time in a comic book shop? It was. Oh, it was. I was just in one last week. <laughs> well, I've gone to like a vintage toy shop before that we had right. Terre Haute. Um, that you know had the Ninja Turtles yes. thing as their logo, mm -hmm. uh, but this one, I, you know, as a kid, I didn't read comic books. I watched X Men; that was my jam. Uh, to this day, that is really the only superhero stuff that I get into. Uh, I got made fun of by my youth group mercilessly because they were like, "Oh, we're gonna watch a new Spider Man," or "Oh, we're gonna watch the the Avengers," and I'm just like, "I, I got no time for that." Like, you want to go to a baseball game? That X Men cartoon, though from the from the 90s that that cartoon was awesome it still holds up oh it was so good i me and the boys were watching it not too long ago uh, i got mason turned on to it so yeah. uh, i can't get turner because turner can't be still long enough um and he's <laughs> the older of the two so that's shocking but uh yeah mason was enthralled with that and what was the other cartoon that we watched that he really liked that i can't believe he did Well, maybe it was Street Sharks. 
I found it on YouTube for him. Anyway, that doesn't matter. Do you remember the cartoon Street Sharks? Vaguely. I think it's it's out of my age range, but I, I remember it. Like, I think my little brother Sorry, used to watch it or something. Like, yes, that's right. <laughs> I think my little brother used to watch it or something like that. But it was, I mean, I think it was, it was only around for like one season. But there was that and there was the show Cops that I at not not the show Cops. There was a cartoon like futuristic thing when I was a kid that was called Cops and it had this this cop that had a robot dog and like handcuffs that would shoot out of his. So oh, it's it was RoboCop for kids? It, I guess. I, I'll find it on YouTube and send it to you. Look, if you're listening to this, one of our six people that listen, uh, one, thanks for coming back, guys. I hope you're doing well. We've had so as if, high as 15, though. It could be unless they listen hey, twice. Okay, so w- welcome back. Bring a friend, right? But if you're listening to this and you remember the cartoon cops, Thank you for validating who I am. And you can hit us up on, on the Twitter. On right? the Twitter. It's at um, Hill oh, Hipster Pod. It's at Hill Hipster Pod. There it is. That there is, it is the, that is the handle. Pod. At Hill Hipster know, have Pod. You, have you seen the show Cops? Not the show, but like the cartoon. Everybody's seen the show Cops. Have you been on the show Cops? Being from where I am, I am not legally allowed to say. No, I've not been on the show Cops. I don't think. Although I, we were, there's a running joke that me and my wife and our best, one of our best friends, Amanda, um, we were watching cops when we lived in Iowa and this, this couple got into a domestic disturbance and, you know, so the cops, you know, they have to take somebody in and it's generally the guy and it, it should be most of the time. Um, but this woman's like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm leaving you. And this, this man is like, honey, don't leave. I'll buy you some shrimps and some cigarettes. I've seen that one. Oh, man. And so now anytime, like, we're, we're play fighting and we're like, I'm just, I'm done with you, Amanda. She'll be like, honey, don't leave. I'll buy you some shrimps and some cigarettes. <laughs> and everything's better. <laughs> so speaking of buying uh, shrimps and cigarettes for <laughs> your disgruntled lovers, I, 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 I think I was... Uh, thinking about church outreach right in the church that i pastor and do they do they give you shrimps and cigarettes and no we're we're southern ba- we're southern baptists <laughs> well wait shrimps and cigarettes might work in the southern baptist church but they say, still, that, that there's still the be. smoker huddle in the parking lot we got a couple of them that are out there in the morning <laughs> um you can't admit to it that's right no you can't admit to it but we had a pretty, we had a good size event a couple of weeks ago, reaching out to the community. We had a, a back to school carnival, um, really good, good turnout. We gave out, I mean, for the size of our church and the neighborhood we're in, we gave out over 300 backpacks filled with school supplies, about 700 hot dogs, cotton candy, all that stuff. It was great. And so now, you know, the challenge is, is following up. We had, you know, families register, probably it's over a hundred households, um, and and I'm I've been going through that over the last week to to reach out to them and, and write them letters and, and some of them randomly got chosen to receive some gift cards some Walmart and Kroger gift cards, but I, it had me thinking because some people are like, well, what's next? What's next? What's next? And I'm like, well, we've got to pace ourselves. You can't just, um, you know, I I don't want to drunk text them <laughs> at two a.m. and say, hey. Why aren't you coming to the church? Why aren't you coming to church? We fed you hot dogs. We gave you what a are, backpack. Didn't we? What do uh, we? What do we call it? The church booty call. That is. That is the that church. Two booty o'clock call. in the morning because nothing good happens after two a.m. That's right. But 
you know, it's that 2 a.m. text you up. Like, it's the on, a sat- on a Saturday night on a or Saturday an early su- Sunday morning. Are you where are you going to be in six hours? <laughs> it's the it's the church version of the booty call. It is. And so, like, I, I wanted to kind of break that down a little bit, because I think we've I think we've both been on staff at churches that um, that was their modus operandi. <laughs> You know, that was their mode of operation. <laughs> oh, I was about to say, I don't even know what that means. I'm classing it this up. This is why you're the hipster. <laughs> I may have misused it. I am from New Jersey. Oh, man. <laughs> um, I so. But I did learn this week from a bunch of Gen Zers that if you say something and use it, it's a word. So we could just make up gibberish. And according to them, it's a word. But have you, have you heard Appalachian people talk? <laughs> I have. They are my people, and that is how we do it, okay? We make up words, and we take syllables out and add syllables. We add R's to things like warsh. Yes, I knew that, but but it's the same thing in New Jersey. We take words, so if you have a can of soda, it's a soda. And if you, so want, a glass of, if you want a glass of water, it's water. We take the R's, I've words never, that end in R's and in A's, and or words that end in A and in R's. I honestly have never heard soda, and I'm actually disappointed. <laughs> we we actually have a, a mutual acquaintance back in central Indiana who used that word, so I'll have to tell you off the air. <laughs> I have a pretty good feeling I know who it is. But all right, let's 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 rein it back in here. So, so let's break this down. So what 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 for lack of a better term, and for for grins and giggles, the uh, church booty call. What does a church booty call look like? I mean, it it's not good. I, I mean, no. I think it. And I, I think, think it's. Have you I been think, on either side of it? I may have been on both, to be quite honest. I have, uh, and I, I think we we live and we learn. But I think that, um, yeah, I think there's there's a good way to do it, and I think there's a bad way to do it, and unfortunately. I think we see the bad way, way more than we see the good, right? Um, my wife, God love her. And if she ever, I don't know if she actually listens to this. She says that when we're big enough for Apple, that maybe she'll listen. Oh, she's bougie. Uh, she is bougie from time to time. We've got to be on Apple to have a real podcast. That's like that's like having a portable church at a school when you're, you're a plant in a school. And people are like, you oh, know, pastor, I'll come to your church when you get a real church. <laughs> or when you're a youth pastor and they're like, Hey, when are you going to be a real preacher? Yes. Anyway, that's, that's trauma. We can talk about another day, but um, my wife has this thing that our house has to be so perfect when guests come. It doesn't matter. Like if you come to my, well, you know, you've come to my house before she's got off work before and it's not been um, Ashley standard and she'll walk in and she'll be like, Oh, hi, Chad. And then as she says, Chad, like her head kind of, drops to the side and looks at me like I have lit something on fire that is sacred. I remember um, that. I yeah, remember oh yeah. One instance and for sure. I think you got it talking to in private. I, I felt I like did. I was one of the kids. I was one of your boys. We can't fight in front of the kids. <laughs> they can't know that we argue. Um, but, and so if you just randomly stop like that one version of the church of booty call is the drop in. Right. So you the visit- drop in, right? Let's let because I've served with a gentleman who loved the drop in, and it used to freak me out. He would take me, and I'm like, wait, they don't know we're coming, and they're not ill, 
right? They haven't been in an accident. They're not ill. We're like, we're just dropping in and they've got four kids. You can't pull a drop in on a family with four kids. Well, and even with us, like I served with a gentleman one time that he was like the king of the drop in, whether it was a a guest or it was a, you know, long-term member. I was the, the youth minister at this particular place. And he was like, Hey, you've, you've not had us over. I've not been to your house. And I was like, and in my head, I'm like, you've only been here like six months. You came at a really busy time. My wife's work schedule is wonky. My, cause I was bivocational. So I'm doing full-time HR work along with full-time ministry work. So like my schedule is wonky. I've got two spastic little children um, who their bedroom is where the toys are kept uh, in theory alone. Like they're all over the house. Um, and so if he just randomly showed up at our door, I, I, I fear for his safety because Ashley is going to be like, no, I don't, we don't have time for that. Right. Like, so because our house isn't pristine. Right. And I know, and you know, and most rational people, my wife will tell you like, yeah, we have kids. Uh, but you know, when you start talking company, oh, we have kids isn't an excuse. Like there's a video that I compare my wife to all the time and she laughs. And then I think secretly wants to hurt me. Um, but it's a guy who is making fun of his wife about house cleaning and he throws the couch cushions and he's like, everything, it, it's too late. We can't make the beds. We have to throw them out. Just, just <laughs> they can't know that we sit. And that is my wife. And so, and that's a lot of people's wives, yes. right? And so if you randomly show up to this person's house where both parents are working or if it's a single parent, right? And they're working and then they have multiple or even one child because one child is messy enough, but you add multiple children to it and you just randomly pop in one, they're going to be completely embarrassed because, you know, if they're like my kids, uh, they get home from school, shoes, socks, shirt off. Like I, we're lucky that they keep pants on. Right. I'm and lucky so, that at the times I've come over that you had your pants on. I'm in Western Kentucky now. That's not a, that's not a promise next time. <laughs> but you know and so like i could just imagine the look on my wife's face if like so we're, we're church shopping now for lack of a better term if one of the pastors that we or leaders of the churches that we visited just randomly showed up like the horror on my wife's face for one so let's break this down a little bit though so that the 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 example you gave you you were you were a staff member and a member of that church Mm-hmm. And, and I think, I still think the pop-in's not the way to go, but I think it's a little more, I don't know, expected or, or you get a little more grace when you're dealing with people, when you're dealing with church family. But what about the pop-in because they fill out a connection card or a visitor card, or maybe they've come two, three times, or maybe visited your children's ministry, your, like your midweek, and they have no ties to the church. Because now that that's like even reeks of more desperation. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, now that, you're trying to get a in. You're like, love me. That is the, the you up text. Yes. Um, I just don't see now. There was a time. Let's 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 throw a spade. Or call a spade. Is it called the spade of spade? Whatever. Let's do that. I, I don't think we're allowed to say those terms anymore, but I'm just going to stay not? neutral. I don't know. I don't know what to say anymore. I'm a middle-aged man. <laughs> <laughs> now now I'm worried about what I've said. Anyway, let's let's r- realize that 
20, 30 years ago, life was different and like people just popped in on each other. Absolutely. And I think the culture, and so especially in, in the South, mm-hmm. man, I remember like I would be sitting before. I, so this was, I started school in 90, 91 in kindergarten. I can't remember exactly which one. And you um, went to school till 97. <laughs> wearing shoes too. Um, but I remember like just randomly people would knock on our door. Right. So I'd be sitting there with Memo and she'd be watching her soaps and, and I would be playing with my figures and my cars again in the living room because it's not like I have a bedroom to play in. But like neighbors would just randomly like, hey, I thought we'd come over and check on you. Yeah. You know, her her brother would, Oz in town, thought I'd stop in and say hi. Yeah. And, uh, so it was different back then. And, and it was almost expected for your pastor just or the, the local pastor to just stop in. Well, I think it's also still okay or still accepted in certain geographic areas. Oh, yeah. The South it, uh, from rural areas. And I would even talk rural about Kentucky. rural areas in the Great Lakes, like going up into Michigan, from Michigan down through Indiana in certain parts. Certain parts. Rural parts. Certain parts. Rural parts. It's Absolutely. Not the but especially, especially down South, even in the cities, mm-hmm. especially uh, people of a certain age, like my grandparents age so just a little bit older than you um and and that generation like they they almost expect the the you up church text i think but yeah so i mean what do you do with that like how what, what's the good way to do it with somebody like if you've had somebody coming to visit you know you've been a family pastor for for a while like how do you embrace, how do you engage those family members? How do you engage those families, right? In the, you know, in the church I pastor, families with children right now, like, are coveted, right? Oh, you you want to grab them. So what's the right way to do it without showing so, up? Like, how, how do you do it without it being, I'm so desperate for you to love me? Well, I'm glad you've asked. So I, I look at things through a totally different lens than you do because I've not served as a senior pastor. Yes, um, yes. You know, I've been family pastor, youth pastor, associate pastor, all that good stuff, but I've never, never been the guy. Um, and because, and, and really it's easier for me than it would be. So if me and you were on staff together and I, I'm responsible for, for birth through college, like I'm used to and their families, it's easier for me because they're expecting me to be an idiot. Let's be, let's be blatantly <laughs> honest. Um, and they are absolutely correct, but they're expecting me to be an idiot. So I can just walk up to them on a Sunday morning, and, you know, and make them comfortable. Like, sure. They're going to think I'm a dork, but the one, they're going to remember me, but that, that introduction. Right. And so, and then where I lived and where I served in Terre Haute, we had an awesome relationship with the schools. Yes. Yeah. Like, that was could, the one blessing. Oh, yes. Yeah. So I could I could just go to a school and be like, hey, I'm going to go to the lunchroom. They'd be like, I'd right, have fun. Wipe some tables off while you're there. And and we would. We'd go during COVID. We went and just wiped down tables during lunch. Yeah. Um, to, and so then the students start seeing me like, you're that weird guy, right? And so then I, I meet them where they're at. Sure. And so I start to develop a relationship over school lunch or as a substitute teacher or things like that. And then they go home and, and tell mom and dad or mom and stepdad or grandma and grandpa. I'm like, hey, that weird guy that was crazy Sunday morning, 
Like he showed up at school today and he knew my name. And your connection point though, your first connection point with them really was with, with that student. Yes. Not, not really going after the family or, or showing up and, at their house and it was supper never, time. And it was never about, hey, why don't you come to youth group? Right. I, I, I never, at first, now, once that relationship was built, you know, and from time to time, I'd be like, hey, have you met this kid? Let me get you connected with this kid. And then I would all, I had, I, I referred to my, I had a leadership team of youth group kids that I called my, my youth deacons. And so I would connect these new students at the school. If I had a, a youth deacon, if you will, at that school, I'd be like, hey, have you met Walter? Right. Yeah. Let me introduce you to this dude. He's, he's pretty, he's a slick kid. And then I would use them for the ask. Right. Sure. Sure. But, but mine, it wasn't so much. I want you into the youth group. It's, I, I want you to know that there's somebody because I've said it for years. A child needs five people, not named mom or dad, adults, to show them that they're cared about and that they that they're there for them. Yeah. And so I was always that. I wanted the kids to know that if there was something going on and they needed a safe adult to talk to, that was me, right? Whether whether I was their sub, whether I was the guy in the cafeteria, whether I was the idiot at church, or whether you saw me at Walmart, I'm the same person everywhere I go. Right. So I, I think the family aspect, if the kids are comfortable, the parents will get comfortable. Usually, sure, yeah. That... But most of the time. And then I think you just, it, it's all relational. So like you get the kids hooked and then maybe it's, you send a, a letter to the parents like, hey, you know, I've really enjoyed getting to know Jimmy. Uh, you know, I hope you guys are doing great. You know, if you 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 leave the ball in their court always like, hey, if you have some free time coming up uh, and you wouldn't mind going you know, getting a cup of coffee or, you know, I, I met at a bar one time, a sports bar, and we watched I watched a football game with a parent. You know, he had a beer. I had sweet tea because. You're Southern Baptist. I'm Southern Baptist and I just, I'm allergic, but, you know, we would sit and, and bond over football or, or coffee. And I say coffee, I drink hot chocolate mixed with coffee because I'm an adult. <laughs> you don't time. drink coffee. You drink, don't drink coffee. You drink either. milkshakes. I, oh man. Starbucks milkshakes, which that's not what they call them. I don't know what they call them. <laughs> uh, I'm just always like, Hey, can I get the vanilla bean adult milkshake? Or the uh, you're like taking my dad to Starbucks. He doesn't know the he doesn't know the lingo. That would be like. Can I I get that double chocolate icy looking thing with the chocolate chips in it? And they'll say the name and they'll look at me like I'm nuts. And I'm like, that'll do it. So off the rails for a second. I there is a uh, there is one of those frappuccinos at Starbucks that I like. And the last time it's some. It's some caramel ribbon crunch thing. I don't even know. I have to look at it. It's, it's got like five words in the title. But uh, the last time I got it, I kind of chuckled when I put it out. And I was like, I just feel so stupid ordering that. And they were like, why? It's very popular. And I was like, because I'm a grown man. They, and they're like, they're like, men order this all the time. And I, I was like, oh, we'll just uh, agree to disagree and just move along. <laughs> Dave would make fun of me. We'd go to Starbucks, you know, about once a month. And he would always order. He's like, "What's good? What what single whatever? Yeah. Or 
pour over or origin this or it's like a it, speaking of you know x-men like origin stories of coffee i guess and you're and like they, can i get an oreo blizzard and they're like oh you should try this this medium dark roast pullover vente caramel couponiera something and he's, he's like dave's I'll not drinking that. anything with caramel in it <laughs> no he does i he, i've seen it i've watched him order it and then they come to me and i'm like vanilla milkshake please large and they're like oh you mean whatever they call large and i was like does that mean large <laughs> yes and i go then yes please that word vanilla milkshake i mean we could break down the the starbucks sizes from a short tall grande right goes from english not- to spanish for big and then they're they're large as venti which means 20 <laughs> So I'm yeah. like, well, is a grande bigger than 20? I don't know. But anyway, Dave would make fun of me. We got to get back on topic here. But man, yeah, Dave, would make fun. he's like, what are you getting? Dessert? And I'm like, hey, grandpa, sit your six foot eight self down and let me have my milkshake. You know, the funny thing is you call me pops. Dave's not much older than I am. And I'm glad Dave's grandpa. <laughs> I really, it really hit Dave one time because I was like, man, how old are you? And now, keep in mind, like, my mom is young to be yeah. my mother. Um, but he's like, oh, you know, I'm 55 at the time. I don't know how old he is now. I don't keep track. I guess I would know because he is my mother's age. Like, he may okay. be a year older than my mom. So I'm younger than your mom. Good. But I was like, it, it, you could be my dad. Like, my mom is 17 years older than me. And he's like, uh, what? <laughs> And because I'm I'm friends with his kids, right? Because yeah, they they're closer two, to your age. Yeah, two of them fell under my purview because they were college kids or college yeah. age, uh, and so I, you know, I had good relationships with their kids. And then he was just like, oh, and so I'd be like, Dad, come back. So I got one more one more sort of church drunk text, angry text. So I'll, I'll give you a personal story. I was a I was a lay youth leader. I wasn't on staff. And I was also doing another ministry around Christmas time, um, something that I did and I still do every year and went to a, a really rural, impoverished part of the state of Colorado, about four hours from where I live and spent a couple of days there around the holidays, giving out Christmas presents and, and ministering to folks. And I get a text from my former pastor at that church where I was a lay youth leader because I missed Sunday. And it was like, well, I need to know where your heart is if you're going to be behind me. And my argument back to him was, well, my heart's with Jesus and I'm here serving him. And I know I missed service because I'm four hours away <laughs> handing out Christmas presents and, and helping some other small churches in that area that are understaffed. But do you ever get that? Do you ever get the uh, the drunk, angry text from the spurned <laughs> pastor of spurned church? We need to clarify for those who might be listening. We don't actually mean drunk. Oh yeah, we don't actually mean drunk. We're no, just using. It's it's that that type, but it, no, it not drunk at all. Um, yeah, I re- I recall one time, uh, I and it was I wasn't doing anything to serve. It was just a weekend. We were going to take off. Uh, we were going to go up to. You took off. Like, right. I took a week off or a weekend off one time, and I wasn't even paid staff i mean i was considered staff but i wasn't i was getting like a stipend that was actually my youth budget so whenever they would pay me because i didn't have a youth budget like whatever i think it was like 150 dollars a month 200 dollars a month 
that just turned around and went right back into the youth budget. Right. But uh, I took that weekend off. You know, I got coverage for my Sunday school class. Uh, you know, one of the volunteers that worked with me uh, was going to take over the Sunday night for me. Uh, and we went to Chicago to visit Amanda and we went and saw Hamilton. Uh, and so I, I, I sent a text like a month early. I was like, hey, I just wanted to remind you, I won't be at church on this date. Um, going to visit, you know, somebody we consider family and to, to go see Hamilton. And he's like, well, um, we have business meeting that night. I said, well, okay, you, you, you can't miss. Like, where, where's your heart? Again, where's your heart? Where's at? your heart? Where's why your heart? Aren't you, why, why are you putting this need over this? And it's like, bro, like, I don't have anything to do with the business meetings. I sit there. I am the guy who, when they're like, does anybody make a motion to accept? I was the one that I wanted to see how many times I can get my name in the minutes. <laughs> like Andy made this motion. Andy seconded this motion. Andy, you know, made the, I, and if I, somebody beat me to it, I would always vote no. Just so like there was so and so many yes. Oh, that's a thing in Indiana because I had that person in my church who always always vote no, even if he didn't want to. He always so, felt somebody had to vote no. So and I, and this can go for for new visitors and new members. Like we're not in a society anymore that you go to church every time the doors are open. Now, no, I think not, the last I saw the average what's considered a. a once faithful churchgoers like once every three or four weeks and it I might even it be more than somewhere that. between five and six now, it might actually. be you might be right but now i'm not saying don't go to church don't hear what i'm not saying but if somebody misses like me if i'm gonna miss it's it's a specific reason i'm not missing because i don't want to get out of bed and so I, I we need to be able to show more grace man especially like you've not committed to this church. You're just visiting and we're going to be upset. Like, Hey, we really missed you. Where, where were you at? Why, why weren't you here? You know, when you, when you're braiding them in the, you know, the cereal aisle at right. the grocery store. It's, it's good to remember, like we have to show grace. And especially if they're not, so they haven't made membership. They're not fully committed to coming or for whatever reason, but you know, in certain situations, like their kids, they're bringing their kids to, yes. to, to kids services, midweek services. And, and that's happening consistently. Like, how yeah, do we get we're getting yeah. grace from that. Like we're able to serve them in, in some capacity. I don't under, I don't have, I don't feel like I have the heart to browbeat them. Like if you're not here on Sunday, I can't touch you. The, the one thing that used to grate on my nerves and really like I had to put myself in check because I am very quick to be like your mom, but I served with a pastor that most of my youth kids there, they didn't come Sunday morning, you know, Sunday afternoon was their church. That was where they got filled up. That's where they had all their, well, why aren't they coming Andy? Well, they don't feel connected. Well, right. this is their church. You need to make them come. How do we get them to come? I mean, it's, so roughly just take a take a minute to let's break that down what, what's a good way to get them to come what's a good way i mean we there's no guarantee that they're going to come but how do you what's a what's a good way what is it's, a good way you suggest it help it's them relational come? right they come on sunday afternoons because they know one that i care about them but then they're building these relationships with their peers 
and the other couple of adults that would come from time to time. Uh, but then when they come on Sunday mornings, the only people that talked to them were named Ashley and Andy. Yeah. You, no. Hey, how you doing? That doesn't count. No. Because if you make, if you're, you're of a certain age, you make eye contact, there's the obligatory, hey, I see you. But there's no substance to it. And so they would come and they would sit and everybody would walk by them to talk to the old person beside them. Like, I wouldn't want to come to that either. No. So and, if, and- you're not, if you're not willing to pour in, this is for, for students, this is for adults, pastors, uh, deacons, elders, leadership, random little Miss Susie on the, on the second row. If you're not willing to put the time and effort in to make them feel welcome without bombarding them, there's a, there's a big difference there. It's a fine line. I know we're running short on time, so I won't dive into that, but I think we all know what I'm talking about. But if you're not willing to make them feel welcome and you're not willing to get to know them on a personal level, like I am horrible with names until about the 10th time we talk, you'll probably never hear me say your name. Hey, what's up, buddy? What's up, dude? Because I'm horrible with names. But you've got to learn names. You've got to make it personal. You've got to show them that that you're willing to open up to them just like I'm expecting you to open up to me when you're here. Cause if you're not willing to do that, why am I now granted if God calls you somewhere, God's going to call you there. But like if I, right now, if I'm church shopping, that's been the biggest issue with me is like, I've not felt welcome at a lot of churches. Because they'll see us, but then they'll go talk to the person that they know and already have that relationship with. Right. Like, you want them to come, build that relationship. Don't browbeat them for not coming the first time you talk to them. Well, and I think the big thing is, like, if we're going to welcome, if we're going to welcome in people, right, new people, and maybe people that don't look like us, don't worship like us, maybe their music's louder, right? Like, you know, neighborhoods change if a a church has been there for a while. And I think if we're going to welcome in and pursue people, we have to do, I think we really have to practice listening. And hearing their stories and being slow to speak and quick to listen and, and not just listening to the typical, not just asking them, hey, what's your name? What do you do? All this stuff, but really like listening to their struggles. And a lot of times we don't want to do that. We don't want to sit and listen. And I think that's a big part of engaging them is really trying to take that time. Also, you know who said to do that? Um, I'm going to take the pastoral answer, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like that dude knew what he was talking about. He knew how to, he knew how to engage people. He knew how to welcome people. He knew how to pursue them, practice really good hospitality. He also knew how to upset the religious elite because yeah. it's not always the hoity toities that we want. No, we, we want the people that don't have it all together and, and know that they don't have it all together. I, I, me as a youth pastor, I wanted the messy family. Uh-huh. Right? I wanted to roll my sleeves up and be like, you got some crap on you. Let's work through that. They're more real. In well, my, and when I was a youth pastor, they were more real. Those families that didn't have it all I together. Re- I relate to that because if I look back at my childhood and my youth years, like there was some crap on me from, from choices that I'd made, from choices that my family had made. Yep, absolutely. I mean, I, here, I, yeah, I mean, just... I was that kid that everybody was like, well, he'll be in jail by the time he's 18. Joke's on you. I didn't go. <laughs> so as we try to land this plane. <laughs> pull up. Pull up. Um, what's been good for you? What's been hard for you? What, 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 are you? what are you enjoying right now? 
right now I've really just enjoyed. So I am one week and this is day seven for my kids in school. So one week and two days. Um, I was terrified with Mason going to school because he's so impulsive. Sure. He's like, oh, there's a wall. I think I'll run into it. He's five. He's a caveman. But and then both of my kids were terrified because we're in a new community. And so listening to them come home like, hey, I met this new kid or hey, my teacher's really cool or I really like this school. It's it's been real therapeutic for me. Okay, that's great. With the, with the stress of the unknown in my life right now, knowing that they're they're somewhat at peace finally with the move. They still don't want to be here, but they're going to make the best of it. Yeah. I, it's just been good, man. That's good. That's good to hear. That's good. What to about hear. you? What's What's been good for you? Oh, I, it's been good. I just been, I mean, I, I hate this term, right? I just been, things have been busy. Just a lot of stuff at church and, and getting acclimated to a, a new ministry and that change. And, and, you know, I, I have an advantage being a called to be the new pastor of this church because I've got relationships with these folks. So I don't have to get to know them. I mean, I already know them. They don't know me in this capacity, but I, I, I mean, I, I love these folks and they've loved me for a really long time. So it's an advantage that I've not had before that awesome. I already have that baseline. So I'm trying not to take advantage of it and rest on my laurels, but, um, Lot, lot of outreach, and I'm trying to, you know, definitely not do the church booty call. Well, yeah, that's what I was about to say. In ending, guys, if you uh, have an experience with the the really poor phrase of church booty call, <laughs> let us know about it. Like, tell us, tell us your experience. What was good? What was bad? What would you have changed? Absolutely. Uh, and then until until next time, you know, it was good talking with you, and uh, join us again. Take care, guys. See ya. Thank you.